don't we do this? We have an idea, something we want to accomplish, something bad happens and we shut down. Don't we say this isn't a good time? This isn't the right opportunity. There's too many things going on. I can't do this thing that I want to do. Don't we? No, let's not. Let's talk about that. And let's talk about how we can overcome those things instead. Uh, Marsha Barnes is next. And the heat is on, the pressure is on. Let's get cooking. This is Purpose Under Pressure, brought to you by the Ruby Group Sandler Sales Training, serving sales professionals nationwide from their Akron and Columbus, Ohio locations. They are one of the highest performing Sandler sales training outfits in the nation, and uh, they're on their way to the very top. You can go with them. They'll make a difference for you and your team. You can check them out online at therubygroup.sandler.com. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Marsha Barnes. She is CEO and founder of Valve and Meter Performance Marketing, also an author with her new book out, Here We Grow. That is her story. It's about business. It's about marketing. It's about leadership. It's about faith. It's about Marsha Barnes. Marsha, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. I'm really glad you're here. We have not met before today, and we have a a couple of people that we know in common, and your name kept coming up, and I said, I need to talk to (laughs) Marsha. That's very kind, yeah. So you've accomplished some great things. This show is about purpose, it's about pressure, and it's about overcoming that pressure and not failing underneath it, and and you've done that. And I wanna tell that story, and Marsha, before we start, uh, or as we start, go ahead and and share with folks kind of what your purpose is, kind of why you walk the earth, uh, why you do what you do. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Well, um, in my childhood, I kind of grew up in a very high-stress environment. Um, We were poor. Um, my, my mother had an addiction to amphetamines and she was abusive. We kind of got that from her multi-generational journey of her, her ancestry. And so when you look at poverty, addiction and abuse together, you've got the recipe and the data will, will tell us that 98, you have a nine, I have a 98% chance of repeating that cycle, right? Now, the way you break that cycle um, is you have um, you develop resilience by having people around you that are pouring into you and helping helping shape you. So grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, neighbors, teachers, Sunday school teachers, 4-H club leaders. And I had that in spades and so did my sisters. And so we were able to break that break that cycle of, of poverty, addiction and abuse, all, all three of us. So when I look at that, so many people came around us, not just in childhood, but all through my journey. Even today, I have people helping me with learning new skills or breaking through uh, new barriers. Um, it seems to me like God puts the people in my path that I need at just the right time that I need them in order to help me impact others. Mm-hmm. And because that's been done for me, then I feel it incumbent upon me to share that with others. So I kind of get up every day asking, who can I help? And that's key, isn't it? You being able to pay that forward. And I'm interested. I I know about that cycle. I understand a little bit behind the scenes about that Mm -hmm. cycle and how it's very difficult to break. What about your childhood allowed you to have those people around you? A lot of times that cycle keeps those people out and it just perpetuates again and again and again. But you had people to help bring you through. What, What was different? in your situation? So I think part of it was, you know, we, we were in school, um, our parents were, had been in 4-H, so we were involved there and we were at church, right? Mm-hmm. And so with that kind of lineup, you know, I was involved in sports and things like that. 
you you encountered a lot of well-meaning adults who were telling you who you were in their eyes. And so you didn't have the constant barrage of not having value inside the home. Um, you know, my dad was very different from my mom, and I think that helped carry some of that through. Um, but yeah, it's a difficult cycle to break and, and, and it's, it's agonizing when you watch people just get pulled under by it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm interested though. Sometimes I like to read the end of the book (laughs) first. (laughs) I want people to know that you started where you started, but where you are now is the CEO and founder of extremely successful marketing company that serves lots of medium, small business, all businesses of all types, making their dreams come true. You've Mm -hmm. really broke through and accomplished some amazing things. Tell us a little bit about what success is like now, and then maybe we can go through and we'll talk about the journey a little bit. Sure. Um, So Valve and Meter is is the culmination of trying to help businesses create abundance. You know, I had a track record of being able to do that in a company. And I felt like I wanted to be somewhere where I could share that with many people. So we have uh, a goal to 10x the valuation of 100 companies here at Valve and Meter. And we've done that a handful of times already, and we have several others that are on a journey to do that. Um, but that gives us a great deal of joy. But we also have a goal of creating um, C-level executives on our team as they grow and develop and move forward in their careers. So we're, we're in stewardship of the people on our team and the marketing and growth results for our clients as well. And that just always seems like holy ground to me. So it's very exciting work when you're able to help a entrepreneur go from having a family business that's worth about half a million dollars and making about 4% profit. And he's got to make some changes because he's got three adult children entering the business. And four years later, his business is worth $9 million, and they ended up selling the business and, and, and anchoring the family wealth in more of a diverse way than just in the business. And the adult children are still running that business for the person who acquired it today. So that is like the culmination of what we are about here at Valve Meter. And so is 10x growth for 100 businesses, is that a monetary goal for you, or is that a one-at-a-time, I'm going to watch people succeed goal for you? Which is, what spurs that number and that, that goal? I, I like watching it happen. You know, early in my yeah. career, I had exp- experiences with helping people transform situations that were ugly. And I just got addicted to that. And so I, I like taking a growth, growth and or profitability problem that a company has and fixing that with marketing and the wisdom that we've garnered over the years here. Yeah. Interesting. So I, it could be, I want to make X amount of money based on serving a hundred businesses, or it can right. be, I want to serve a hundred businesses and I want to see and, exponential yeah. growth. That's tremendous. Yeah. You know, um, early in my career, like in my early twenties, I read Zig Ziglar's book, See You at the Top. Yeah. It's and right there on the in my very, bookshelf. There you go. And on the very first yeah. page, and I'll bet this hit you too. He says in bold print, you can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So I really do put secondary what my, I'm not attached to my financial results. I get them, but my core drive is to be able to help people achieve their full potential. And and so that, see folks, I I love this because now we know where Marsha started. We know where Marsha is. Let's talk about the path in between. Let's talk about the pressure. (laughs) We know your purpose now. What, What gets in the way? What are the hardships you remember? Um, what would you like to share folks uh, with folks about the pressures that sure. can come along the way? Yeah. Um, 
you know, this is, this is the, if you knew then what you know now type of question. Right. But I yeah. started my first business when I was 26 years old and had some interesting successes there. And I write about that in the book too. Ended up um, closing that after about four years and um, went to work for someone else and did that. I had a couple jobs that where I wasn't the owner of the business in between and and I'm just, I'm just not a good employee. I, I'm, I think I'm hardcore unemployable, Brian. <laughs> so I, love I, that. I did a great job for people, but my heart was in being yeah. able to, to, to have control of a business to guide it. Where what I does that I, mean? Hardcore unemployable. It, it, it means that you just don't want to follow rules. You want to do your own thing. It, it, what I get it, but yeah. I wonder if you can explain to people what you, what sure. that means. In its simplest form, it means I would rather work 80 hours a week for myself than 40 hours a week for someone else. <laughs> Tremendous. No, it's because you're, you're, to me, I was, I felt like I had a calling to produce something in the world, which was to love and serve people, get their permission to lead by loving and serving well. And when I had permission to leave, I could get transformational results. And working for someone else for me it was more difficult to do that. Mm -hmm. so, and then um, in 1991, my youngest son was born. 16 weeks early and uh, weighed one pound and nine ounces at birth. Wow. And that kind of turned the world wow. upside down for a bit. And the, the hospital told me it's not a good idea to put him in daycare because of his, 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 um, his respiratory systems could be affected with common cold exchanges and things like that. So this felt like a time to start up a business again. And so I did that working from my home. And so I could be at home with a um, the nanny, um, but taking care of the kids while I was working. And that business ended up, um, growing into a couple million in revenue. We, um, we took on a new client who was running a, uh, a home services businesses of the spare bedroom of his home, Dave Lindsay. And he hired us to set appointments for his sales reps. He was $2 million in revenue when we started, and 90 days later, he was on an $8 million run rate. And so the world's on fire for him, you know, mm -hmm. and um, he wanted to buy my business. I didn't want to sell it because um, I, I needed to be with, I was raising these two kids and homeschooling Ryan from the office. And so lifestyle-wise, it didn't make sense. So for four years, we worked together as client and vendor. And then in around 2003, um, the no-call list came into effect and all of our leads were being generated in my outbound call centers. So we could see that we were going to need to make the phones ring in. So we merged the businesses together. He was about $25 million in revenue at that point. And I took the job of director of marketing. Today, I, you know, I wonder if Dave and I would be brave enough or stupid enough to make that decision again, because the likelihood that that should have worked would have been out of this world, yeah. but it, but it did. Um, Dave had a philosophy of Marsha. I have an unlimited appetite for marketing that works. So if you run tests to show me that the return on marketing spend is profitable, I'll buy all of that marketing that I can find. Mm -hmm. And when you can find enough programs at work that we can get 50 new customers in a market every month, we'll start opening offices across the country. And mm -hmm. we did that. Um, mm -hmm. We um, opened 140 offices around the country. And from in the 14 years that I was working with them as a vendor or as a team member, we grew to over 400 million in revenue. And um, I ended up in the CEO president's role for the last three or four years I was there. 
and it was just a huge blessing. But, um, but that it, does not sound unhirable and unemployable. <laughs> well, well, that's a very good point, Brian. Thanks for saying that. Because Dave, the owner, he let me be an entrepreneur inside that business. There you go. And extreme he, ownership. Yes, he definitely. I, I did own a small percentage of the company, a really small, but a really small percentage of a company that grows to $400 million is a lot of money. So, <laughs> so it worked out well for he and I both. But I exited in 2013 because I felt like the marketing model we had built was repeatable and scalable to other businesses. And I wanted to help a lot of businesses create abundance and not just one. Mm-hmm. And so that is what created the path to Valve and Meter today. The birth of your son kind of forced that hand. Right. And it, it let you were courageous enough to start your own, um, smart enough to start your own. You, But kind of, you had to do it. Right. You needed to be home, those kinds of things. This was a situation where you had to decide to leave and go out and start on your own. Was there some trepidation there? Was there some fear? Um, yeah, I, I kind of knew that I needed that I was going to need to do that about six months ahead of when I did it. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're running that kind of an organization and you're making that kind of money, it's hard to find the off ramp, right? And um, the path just unfolded in front of me. The right people, the right set of circumstances to do it. And um, and I I I left, took a year off to kind of recover and rejuvenate and get clear on what I wanted to do going forward. And um, made a couple of what what others might call missteps in my path from leaving Defenders to Valvometer today. But those missteps, in hindsight, if I hadn't taken each of them, and I did thoughtfully, prayerfully go into each of them, if I hadn't made those steps, steps I wouldn't have had what it's taken to create Valvometer. I I I couldn't have done it, you know. Can we talk about that a little bit? Uh, uh, the faith portion of this, the the idea that God puts people in front of you to make a difference when you were growing up, the 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 fact that your son was born sixteen weeks early and a pound some ounces is mm-hmm. is devastating, but it's part of a right. plan, isn't it? It's it feels like everything in your life has unfolded, even though it's been hard on purpose. Right. Is that accurate? You know, um, I. I have faced down so many difficult situations that I actually have a process for going through it today. And I'm, and I'm okay if I I think God's tested me enough on this. I'm okay if he lets up, (laughs) but I I wouldn't take any of it back, Brian. You know, um, my youngest son, Ryan, he has cerebral palsy. I know that um, I wouldn't change that for him. I would be open to him changing it, mm-hmm. but I would not because I was a hell of a better mother and a better woman because of it, right? That's right. That's right. It's hard. The blessings that we receive don't always look like blessings, and they still don't look like blessings. And you right. want you ask, why? Why? And yet, when you look back, maybe you can see. Right. And those types of things bring people into your life. You're able to help that have similar situations. Um, not, not, and then what I, the other thing I found was, um, shoot in 2017, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and I sat out in the doctor's lot parking lot for about 20 minutes crying and feeling sorry for myself. And then I thought, 
well, we'll see what God does with this. And, you know, within just a few weeks, I'd met really cool people and, and, and found, found my, found my group that I can hang with in that space. I've found witness in it and an ability to encourage others with Parkinson's. Um, and I had to because I had told that freaking kid for 30 years that our disability does not impact our, does not affect our ability to impact people in the kingdom for good. So now I had to eat my own medicine, right? So that's the type of thing of I was prepared for my future by what my son went through with his um, early birth and cerebral palsy. on the rule only decision makers can get other people to make decisions each and every day we have a decision to make also when we're with buyers in our sales process we have a decision to make how we're going to lead that interaction and if i'm somebody that can make daily commitments and keep those daily commitments then when i'm with buyers i expect them to make commitments and keep those commitments to me throughout that sales process so first and foremost i have to have a decided heart in order to lead other people to make the decisions that I'm expecting them to make. Do you think that when those things happen, uh, they happen, right? You open the door and away it goes and you don't have a choice. Like you said, hey, God, it's okay if you take a break. That's right. Do you, Marsha, knock down doors until you can figure out a way to get it through? Or do you have a way of being at peace and letting the solution come? Um, I think... I think knocking down doors is okay when it's called for, mm-hmm. but the first thing to do is to get grateful. Be grateful for the curveball that's just been saying, I call these curveballs, right? And sometimes the curveball is a knuckleball, and a knuckleball is a curveball that doesn't give a damn. You know, it just, it just comes in in all directions, right? Yeah. And these curveballs, um, get grateful for them because the, that's my first step is, um, there's something in this that's going to cause me to create a part of myself that's going to be useful in the future. So just being grateful for where that, where that'll take me. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly is um, starting to think about who else has come through this curveball that I could talk to and get some wisdom from. What can I read? What can I listen to? Who can I connect with to educate myself? I become an expert on the curveball. Then the next step is who else can I help? by having this experience. Um, and, um, and then I tie that to giving, you know, sometimes an offering or a gift on the behalf of others is um, something that will unleash some ability to handle stress and the power behind that giving is always, always blessed in my experience, but those are kind of my go-to tactics. And so what's next, Marsha? There is your life has, has, has unfolded mm-hmm. to this point and you've not let one thing hurt you. You've allowed everything to help you and your family and your company, and you employ now some over 40 people and you're making a difference. This 10 X for a hundred companies, is it going to happen? Oh, Are you yeah. able to make it happen? Yeah, that's, that's, um, we've done it a handful of times already in our six short years in business. And so um, what's next? So, um, I'm going to grow, um, valve and meter. We're working on growing this to become an employee owned, um, business. Um, this part of my career is about taking others along with me in the journey, helping businesses 10x, helping marketers develop C-level ex- executives, C-level executives and create business acumen for them and to help them have a wealth journey. Um, so that's, that's the big goal with the company. Um, I, my, 
my position is on marketing that the way people buy marketing is broken and the way agencies sell marketing is broken. And I'm trying to realign what that should look like that, that we cover a lot of that in the book. Um, I'm, uh, I have a couple ministries I'm involved in. Um, I'm in truth at work, which is a organization that has, um, uh, puts, um, uh, business owners who are, have a faith-based orientation in round tables to help support one another on their personal, uh, business and spiritual, um, issues in order to help their, help them, um, impact the kingdom through their business. Um, I facilitate one of those groups, which is a huge blessing to me to be able to do that. Um, and then I do um, some mission work, quite a bit of mission work with a youth with a mission, um, Homes of Hope, where we build homes in Mexico um, for the less fortunate. So I stay kind of unattached to what the outcomes of the business are and listening to where God's calling me next. But I sometimes daydream about a world where I'm advising truth that we're or advising Valve and Meter, but I'm facilitating some truth at work groups and I'm helping businesses have an experience in short term missions and building homes in Mexico. That would, and I also do some board work, um, on for different corporations. That sounds like kind of where I'm headed. Um, we're looking at investing in some of our, uh, client businesses where we know how to market those. So. I, I have goals for the future that I am loosely attached to the results of those because I find it's better to let God call me in the directions that I'm for sure supposed to go. Based on all of those things that you're going to going to accomplish, not hope to accomplish, and are doing now, there are people out there, not everybody has a premature child, cerebral palsy, Parkinson's diagnosis. And yet everyone's got problems, Right. everyone's got stuff and everyone's got dreams and they may not be the same as yours, but they're theirs. Mm -hmm. What would you say to these folks, knowing what you've known now and, and overcoming what you've overcome and still will overcome? Mm -hmm. What would you say to these folks that are struggling with their own demons, their own struggles, trying to do what they're trying to do? Now, when we thumbnail my stuff that we just talked about, those can sound like some pretty big issues. But there's also little issues that seem like they're big for us too. And I think you've got to treat those with the same type of, of, pro, of uh, process. Um, because what's big to me might be different from what's big to you. So just accepting that our, all of our journeys are different. I don't want to minimize anyone else's bad things that happen to them by a, a longer list of crap that I've created. So, <laughs> so there's that. But um, if I really w had gotten clear earlier in my life about who I am in God's eyes, instead of chasing the approval of the world, approval from my parents, approval from my friends, approval from business, approval from the numbers I'm achieving and all that, my life would have been a lot easier. Because when you're clear on who you are, you're clear on where you're supposed to go. And that walk is a lot easier than when you're the one crafting the journey. Marsha, the book is called Here We Grow. Mm -hmm. The business is Valve and Meter Performance Marketing. And when someone wants to reach out to you, get a hold of the book, uh, maybe even learn sure. from you, um, how would they do that? Sure. The book is available on Amazon.com. And I'm actually working on the audio recording today and so we're wrapping that up. Um, we are, uh, you can go online and connect with us at valveandmeter.com. And even if you don't think you have a, a, you're looking for a marketing agency, I always encourage people, let's do a free assessment for you. Because in most of those cases, there's something we can advise you on that's going to improve your business and that won't cost you anything. Perfect.
And then that, that is again, helping people achieve what they want, right. help you do what you want to do. And that is affecting people. And I, and I, I have to tell you, Marcia, like I said, at the very beginning of the show, we had not met. I did not know your story. I have not read your book. I promised you that I would, but I also <laughs> told you that I didn't. Um, but I just thank you so much. I'm so glad we were brought together. Me I'm too. so glad you had this chance to talk to the audience. And I just thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing. I know you are impacting other lives by doing so. And I thank you for that. Thank you, Brian. That's Marsha Barnes. I'm glad you were here to see and be a part and, and to hear from her. And I hope that she has inspired you and to overcome the things that you are trying to overcome on your way to success. Thank you very much to Marsha Barnes of Valve and Meter Performance Marketing and the author of the Here We Grow book available on Amazon. You will find all past episodes of Purpose Under Pressure at brianmediastrategies.com slash podcast. And wherever you stream your podcast, this show is brought to you by the Ruby Group Sandler Sales Training. Sellers are under pressure to perform. Sellers have their own list of problems. <laughs> they make some of them up themselves. Sandler will help you succeed on purpose. Folks, we do this every week. I hope you come back. We'll see you when you do on purpose.